The following audio is from Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to love God, love others, and make disciples. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in for another week of our podcast. I'm here with Cameron Wise, our student pastor here at Fellowship. And uh, they had a great trip at Mission Arlington last week. As you guys know who were here on Sunday or watched the live stream from Sunday, uh, you know that uh, our Mission Arlington team came back Friday, had a great trip. Uh, we got to hear from some of the students on Sunday. And I thought they did a great job kind of talking through uh, their week and uh, getting past some of the awkwardness, like they were saying, <laughs> the, the the fear of being on stage. Yeah. Although they did great, man. They, did, uh, they did really cool. Um, it was really cool to see, uh, like you said, some of the kids who – I was shocked uh, by some of them being bold enough to go sit on the stage and do that when, mm-hmm. you know, just a few weeks ago they were shy and didn't want to talk to you one-on-one. But Barely went on the trip in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that was a cool uh, a cool thing to see. Um, and so, you know, you've been the student guy here since, I think, what, September of 2020? Mm-hmm. Is that right? September uh, and so for a lot of people, they, they knew you were musical. They saw you uh, lead worship. They saw you play keys for a long time. Uh, but many who aren't involved in student ministry haven't really got to meet you maybe or hear from you. And that may have been the most they've heard you talk since uh, since you've been here. So uh, I thought it'd be cool for us to start this podcast off by first talking about uh, you. So tell us your story. How, how did you come to know Christ? Uh, what led to your call to ministry? And tell us, you know, kind of what led you to coming here to fellowship. What, what were the circumstances that led to that? So I grew up in church. Um, my parents, it was always like every Sunday, it wasn't a question if we were going to church or not. Um, and so we grew up in Houston. I was homeschooled, which is what I blame most of my awkwardness on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we moved from Houston to Lumberton when I was about 12. Um, my dad got a new job, and so we came over, and I was homeschooled up until um, eighth grade. I started going to Calvary, um, and I was bragging about how I could play guitar in front of people uh, to impress a girl that I'm now engaged to. Um, but you heard about me being able to play guitar, and so you asked me to come play in the youth band, and it was in front of everyone, so I was like, of course, I'll do it. <laughs> And uh, <clears throat> the first couple months, it was like me learning how to actually play guitar because I was I didn't know what I was doing until leadership opportunities came up. Um, instrument players started leaving, and so I'd learn new instruments and try to fill the need as they came uh, until eventually I'd gone through like every instrument in the worship band. And then our worship leader left, and there was no other guy who would step up and do it. And so I spent one summer and asked Dalton Washburn to sit with me and let me sing because I'd never sung. I was about 15, just to find out if I was like tone deaf or something. Because <laughs> if it, if I was, then yeah, I was just going to give up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I wasn't tone deaf, but I was not the best singer. And so just over a couple months, I got a little bit better. And um, since then, I've just been kind of filling those needs as they come. I got an internship at Calvary in October of 2018. And I worked there with the student ministry, um, pretty much just working with Dalton on the weekly stuff. We grew the ministry there a lot, um, focusing on what they needed and giving the student leadership a really big push mm-hmm. so that whenever I left, um, it was pretty much self-sufficient. We made a, a plan and students were proud and put so much into there that they didn't need anyone else there to push them. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was coming to the point where I knew that I was feeling called to ministry and I was looking, uh, I felt God was moving me somewhere else. And so I was just looking around and after you got the job, uh, I don't think I would have ever been considered if I hadn't texted you just saying congrats on your new job. And then I just left that alone. I was like, I could just say like, if he hasn't found anyone just to consider me. And so I texted you that. And, um, a couple months later I started here and it's been a culture shock for me and for Maddie just from, even though we only live 45 minutes away, the people are different. The church is different. Um, but it's been everything that we wanted in a church and everything that we felt that God wanted for us. And, uh, we've loved getting to know the students and the people from the church that we've gotten to meet. Um, we've been really intentional about going out of our comfort zone and going to really meet new people, going to people's houses that they've invited us, invited us to dinner, um, things like that, that have made us feel more a part of the church. And so we've been very happy to be a part of that. Yeah. I, uh, so one of the things that has always impressed me uh, about you, uh, even when you were younger, was the, the focus on uh, student leadership and really involving uh, students in uh, multiple capacities. Even when you were young, you know, in high school, bringing in uh, middle school kids and trying to get them involved. And uh, after I left Calvary and came back to fellowship, hearing how you and Dalton uh, really were focusing on getting as many students involved as possible and creating really really got creative with uh, roles that, that students could have you know the pray the word thing that you guys do and uh, some of the other things that you guys incorporated within your program uh, to give students more responsibility and really help them take ownership I always thought that was awesome and really uh, appreciated that and really to be honest with you that was one of the key factors in me wanting to get you uh, as part of our team here at Fellowship was uh, was that drive to uh, really build the ministry around student involvement and student leadership and helping them realize their potential. And we really uh, saw your heart in that Sunday uh, as you talked about, um, you know, students taking leadership and, and figuring out uh, that they can do things that maybe they thought were impossible just a few weeks mm-hmm. before. And so uh, always thought that was cool. Always appreciated that about uh, you and, and uh, seeing your heart in that. So, uh, you know, one of the things you talked about Sunday as you were kind of interviewing the students was, uh, you know, about their change. Uh, the fact that you, you kind of, I think you worded it that the students who left on the trip on uh, Saturday were not the same students that came back on Friday. Yeah. Um, and so how do you think that that change will translate uh, now that they're back you know, school started back today and, and they're back in their normal lives again. And, uh, the mission Arlington, uh, trip is over. How do you think that that change is going to translate or maybe even how do you hope that cha- change will translate to their normal lives? Um, usually that kind of stuff after years of seeing it, it's, it takes a while to eventually start to pay off. But for this, I've already seen, um, a couple of the people who really reached out, uh, or stepped out during Mission Arlington came and did the panel on Sunday morning and mm. talked in front of adults. And a couple of them, I asked them and I expected them to say no, but they were so for it and um, prepared for it and did really well. So that's already, they're still continuing that momentum. And another big thing for Mission Arlington is the community that you get from it. Mm. You grow so close with these students because you're living with them. And I've seen like a really close group of students come back from Mission Arlington and just over the next couple of weeks, they aren't really talking anymore. But yesterday, the students in the group chat from Michelle Arlington were all talking about like wanting to go to McDonald's, and then they all just went to McDonald's and still were hanging out, and they went somewhere after. 
Um, and so I've already seen uh, their community and their bonds that they had over that week still start to strengthen and still yeah. continue to go. Um, but one of the biggest things that we're doing is making sure that we focus on that intentionality because now that they've seen what a week is like whenever you're intentional about that, we can't let them come back and forget why it worked that way, mm, yeah. why they can look back at Mitch Arlington and think, why, why can't it be like that anymore? And so we're reminding them it's all about what you're focused on and what your mission is. And so one of the easiest things we're doing is Wednesday nights, we're focusing on spiritual disciplines and the intentionality behind them, mm. um, making sure that they realize it's not going to happen on its own. You have to know how to keep on moving forward and how to keep on growing as a disciple and be intentional about that. And so they're already pushing themselves um, towards that really well, but there's also me and the adult leaders there to, to make sure they continue in that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Julian and I actually were having a conversation in my office this morning about even seeing uh, some change in, you know, just in a couple of days, us seeing some change in some of the students, even like Richard, um, you know, his leadership uh, that ha- how it increased over the week and mm. um, him coming back. And even, you know, I've got a sixth grader up there, Carter's in sixth grade, went on the trip, and uh, he's in that awkward sixth grade stage of life where things are always just really weird. And sixth graders, poor kids, are just trying to figure it out, you know. Uh, but to see Richard, who's a junior, and Tyler, who's a junior, investing in my son as a sixth grader and, and doing it because they see themselves in this leadership position within the group, that that's huge, and that's – that's something that will reap dividends for years to come because now, you know, the sixth grader Carter is going to see that and, and, and realize that that's his position as he grows and the student ministry grows up and matures. And then you just kind of set a cycle of that mm-hmm. where it, it repeats itself over the years and really just gets better. And so um, definitely a cool thing to see, uh, see how this trip changes people. You know, I've, I've done this trip, I don't even know how many years now, um, and this is, it was really weird for this not to be, you know, to not really be there this year. We came and visited, but um, to not really go on the trip like normal. Um, but that's always been the case where you see uh, students really step out uh, beyond their comfort zones and it changes them in a way that is really almost indescribable. It's, it's, it's a really cool, um, cool trip. And, you know, we always harp on camp and we're going to harp on camp when we get to June and July when camps start. But uh, this is, in my opinion, a way more important trip and a way more challenging trip and a way more uh, uh, catalytic type trip than than camp ever could be. Yeah. And uh, and so, anyway, um, if you if you're listening, you have a student uh, that, that, that did not go. I would challenge you to, to get them to go next year because it's it's an awesome uh, week that will definitely change uh, their lives. Um, so, uh, you didn't get a chance to preach really like like a typical sermon Sunday because um, the focus was more on the trip and uh, the kids and, and their and how they were changed and you know doing that panel like you did uh, but you did get an opportunity to kind of issue a challenge there at the end and uh, I really one of the things that really stuck in my mind as you were talking uh, you were talking about how when the students go on this trip there's this singular focus the singular mission of preaching the gospel, right? And uh, they don't have to worry about what they're going to eat because you've you've organized all that for them. They don't have to worry about anything other than sharing the gospel. They don't have to worry about their homework or any of that other stuff. Mm. Uh, and, and so they, they can be really intentional about sharing the gospel. They can really be really focused on sharing the gospel, and, and it leads them to 
to do it, to go out and share the gospel and, and, and be changed by that experience. And uh, you kind of talk about how then the, the difference and the, the opposite of that is when they're here and there's so many other things vying for their attention, right? There's school and homework and sports and uh, dance and all the things that they, they're involved in and, and how that uh, there's multiple, it seems like multiple missions in their lives because they, you know, their parents tell them to make good grades and, you know, they got to uh, work hard to be good on the football team or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so my question for you is, is should we as Christians, students, adults, all of us, should we live with a singular mission? You know, we got all these other things that are going around, but, but should we live our lives with a singular mission? And if so, how do we avoid being distracted and focusing ourselves on all the other things that, that are out there? How do we, how do we draw that line of, I mean, I'm living this world and I have all these things, responsibilities, but at the same time, Christ has given us a single mission. How do we live that life? Even at Arlington, like even whenever they were there with the kids and their objective was to make relationships with them and, and share the gospel with them, there was still a lot centered around that. Like they still had to do the games and they still had to pay attention to like who's going to come up next and be the center of attention and tell them what to do, mm-hmm. uh, wrangling the kids and do songs and, and things like that. So there would still be moments at Arlington where they would forget that they're there for that mission. They would be playing a game like kickball or whatever and get caught up in that and mm-hmm. want to like get competitive with it and forget that they're not there to win a kickball game, but they're there to get with these kids and, and bond with them. And so even little moments like that, we had to remind them, you remember what you're here for. Remember the intentionality behind mm-hmm. it. Here in this game is here so that you can do this, so that you can share the gospel. And so even moving back here, coming back to school, being at school today, um, they still have to do good in class. They still um, have to make good grades, study for tests, go home, do the things that they need to do. Um, even throughout that, those are all opportunities for them to show the gospel to other people in mm-hmm. class. They're there to learn, and those all those things are important, and they need that, but they're in their mission field in that moment. The people around them are watching them, how they're talking to people, and even specific examples of just being able to share gospel with, with people. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have sports, they're told your mission is to win the game, get good at your sport, and it is a good thing to do. But those are people around you that only you have an influence on. Like we can't go to their schools and minister to the people around them. They're placed with that specific purpose of sharing the gospel with those people that they're around. And so all those things are good, but all of them can be used as tools for your your one mission to to show others what a Christian life looks like. And so um, to be able to do that, there's always like you always come at points where there's so much to do. You have, are overwhelmed with a bunch of stuff, especially after high school going into to college. You're trying to pick your whole life, and then after that, you start to have kids, and you're always overwhelmed with all these things. Um, and so one verse I kept on reminding the students of at Arlington was um, Matthew 6.33. They would, they would ask, like, where are we going to eat? they start worrying about things, and I would just tell them Matthew 6.33 and not tell them anything else. And so um, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so reminding them whenever they're starting to worry about all these things and think about all these things, remind them there's one thing to focus on, one thing to worry about, and all those other things will happen from there. And so that's kind of a simpler way to look at it, but it still applies in our lives. We still have all these things to do and worry about and stress about, 
But in all of it, just seek first his kingdom and all of these things will, will work out in the end. And so it's all about like what your focus is, what your intention is, and, and being aware of that. And mm. so some things for the students that we're doing is on Wednesday nights, uh, we're starting spiritual disciplines. Have you ever read the Whitney, Donald Whitney book, Spiritual Disciplines for Your Christian Life? Uh, I think I have. I think I've read it's basically one. like what you need to do for a disciple to grow. Like if yeah. you're not doing these things, then you're not growing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we're looking at all those things just for things to, for them to be aware of. Um, some of the things are like reading your Bible, having a quiet time, being in prayer. Um, so really, if you're not aware of any of it and you, you're not aware of what you're supposed to be focused on, then it, it's not, not going to work out. And so um, as, our, as adult leaders are trying to teach the students that and any minister and pastor for adults, they're preaching that every single Sunday. Mm. Um, but it's just having to evaluate your life and see what you are actually moving towards. Yeah, and all of that is true for students. It's also very true for adults too. And, and I think the older you get, uh, the harder and more intentional you have to be because you have more things. Mm-hmm. You know, As we grow older, there's more things, more responsibilities that we take up, you know, then, then we become the parent and we have to parent our kids and we have to get them to school and, you know, pay bills and all these responsibilities that come up. But, um, it's like you said, all of that, uh, it works itself out if we're first seeking the kingdom, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Those, um, that's a very important verse and it's a very important that we uh, as as God's people recognize that that we bear this responsibility and this mission that God has given us to seek and save, and everything flows from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool to see our students lead in that way, um, to to take that week and and to do that, and uh, you know hopefully to see the fruit of that. And as they get back to their normal lives, and, and the accountability that you're talking about, you know, you you keeping them accountable as they move along and continuing to challenge them. Um, them leading the, the way uh, in that is huge. Um, and, and I'm excited to see how that transfers even to our adults. Yeah. Um, Fellowship has a history where uh, there was a point in time our student ministry was just ginormous. You know, there'd be like a couple hundred people here on a Wednesday night. And that definitely, uh, it, it, that was born from uh, a heart of evangelism, a, a heart of people catching the vision of, you know, I need to care about other people and I need to share the gospel with them. I need to invite them to church, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, that was born from that. And because of that, adults caught that vision and started doing the same thing. We'd have a section in the, in the old uh, building um, where the entire right section was students. Hmm. There's three sections in the whole entire, entire auditorium, so like a third of it was students. And uh, because of that, adults caught the vision and fellowship grew, and we saw um, a huge, uh, a huge impact in Nederland uh, and in, in Mid County. And so, um, you know, students catching that vision is, is a huge thing. It can it could definitely make an impact on the entire church. Uh, and so, you know, as adults, um, you know, the challenge there is is catch that vision, catch catch the vision um, that that says to that we should be a people that are all about seeking and saving. Uh, and we've got opportunities for you to do that. We try to um, create um, real meaningful opportunities for you to kind of step outside of your comfort zone, like pass out the flyers for Passion Week. And we just did the laundromat Sunday, and we had 
some awesome conversations um, in the laundromat Sunday, just uh, kind of sharing the gospel and talking to people about their faith and, and uh, their background and really just having some awesome conversations. Uh, at, we, we went to two different laundromats and both of those uh, were like that. So I would, you know, I would challenge you guys to, to, to do that so that you can, you, you can have that experience with, with that heavy accountability. And the more that you do it, the, the more comfortable you get. And, you know, you kind of talked about that too Sunday uh, about the, going to Lamar and sharing the gospel. What ultimately led you to, cause you're kind of a, a little bit of an introvert. Oh yeah. <laughs> So what, what led to you being comfortable enough to just go up to random people at Mar and share the gospel? How did, how did you get to that point? It was one of the biggest things that helped is one of my mentors that I've looked up to. Um, I know him as a guy who has gone to Africa and, and been in really serious situations because he was there to share the gospel, mm. threatened his life. Uh, he's, he woke up one morning because his tent was being shot at where they were staying at mm. and the next day he still went to the same place and, and did that and so I was inspired by him I heard the first time that he tried to witness to someone was at Lamar and he was challenged by one of his friends to go and uh, he, he started walking towards the person and he had like a panic attack and just passed out in the middle <laughs> of the place he did it three times before he finally made it to the guy and started talking to him and so seeing people like that that I've looked up to and, and saw there's no way this person would ever be worried about it, and they gave me the excuse to think that I'm just not cut out to be. I'm not like those other people. Mm. But whenever you see that those people that look like they have it all together have had the journey of growing into that and they weren't always like that, that makes you feel like like you you can be like that one day. Yeah. It just takes going through those, those hard times. And so I started doing it the first couple times were really awkward because – my focus was I want you to know how my life has been changed because of the gospel. Mm. They don't care about that. So you're, you're trying to learn how to have a conversation because you just want to get to know this person and get to that point. And eventually it came to those, to the point of me saying, this is why I want to talk to you. And they just shut you down. And the first couple of times there was a long time between me doing it the next time because you get so discouraged. But after enough realization of I'm doing my job, and sharing the gospel and, and showing people the truth and bringing them out and just exposing that to them, you, I can't base my success off of how they respond to it because yeah. that's as far as I can take it. And so it was a lot of just re realizing those things um, eventually came to the point of the same thing you read in Acts that I can't help but talk about it. There's these things that make it hard for me, but at some point, it's not enough to stop me from sharing those kinds of things. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not an option. Yeah. yeah. I know the the person that you're talking about because I actually had him uh, speak to our students one time, <laughs> and he, he shared that story. Um, and, and he went through his college years, and once he got past that, I mean, he, he shared the gospel with so many people. Mm -hmm. and he's a student pastor today, and it's, it's cool to see uh, God working in his life and how he used... Uh, you know, his testimony to even impact your life and, mm -hmm. and, and even impact my life. When he spoke to the students, I was challenged even by like, man, this, this guy's uh, bold uh, in, in sharing his faith, even though he obviously is very much an introvert and struggles with, uh, with, with, you know, being, having the courage to go talk to a random stranger. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, um, that's what this is all about is recognizing uh, that we have a mission and there are no excuses. That's kind of what, what you know is going on in that story there that you talked about Sunday in Acts is 
know, that there is no there is no excuse. Even death is not an excuse for them. And, and uh, when I read that story, I'm like, these guys are so bold. But then they go back and they pray and ask God for more boldness because they recognize that the boldness is not of their own right. strength. You know, it's it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, I think a lot of times we, you know, even like Kenny, you said, you, know, I'll, I, you had that thought of I'll, I'm never going to be able to get to the point to where I'm that guy. That's just not me. I'm not the go out and talk to random strangers guy. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have that perception of, you know, that's not for me. I'm just the normal person. You know, I'm going to leave all the Jesus stuff to the pastors of the church and mm-hmm. to the people that like, or like the really, the, the faithful Christians, the ones who are teaching the Bible studies, those people have been doing this for a long time. They know what they're doing. And, and that's just really not a biblical perspective. Uh, right. Biblical perspective is that we all as believers bear this responsibility. Um, and it's beautiful to see students who are, you know, 12 years old to 17 years old go out and catch that vision and, and to really live it out. And uh, I'm excited to see how this uh, impacts our students. I'm excited to see how it even impacts your relationship with the students because that's that's a big part. This was your first, like, overnight, multiple-night trip. Yeah. And that's always a huge thing, you know, when you kind of kind of draw the line of here's what I allow as a leader kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, that usually happens, like, the first night. Right. Um, and then also, you know, them getting to know – uh, you in a more personal way and, and getting to know your heart and uh, who you are and what you're about is always is huge. You, you really, I've, I've did student ministry for 15 years and I know that it's on trips like that where students start to look to you as their youth pastor mm-hmm. now, uh, rather than just the guy that teaches them on Wednesday night, you become their pastor. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm excited to see how, what, you know, what those relationships yield, uh, what the leadership, uh, potential and the growth that we've seen in some of these older students what that yields i'm excited to see uh, the future of our student ministry and uh, excited to have you here i know you've been here for a while um, but excited to see kind of where that goes so uh, that's going to be it for us today guys thank you for listening to our podcast thanks for watching online uh, we got a lot of stuff going on here at the church be sure to go to our website fellowshiptx.org so you can see all of the upcoming events Uh, If you're not a digital savvy person, we have a fellowshiptx.org kiosk in our foyer uh, where uh, we have someone that will help you register for events and give and all that good stuff. Uh, But we look forward to seeing you on Sunday for our Palm Sunday service. Remember, we're going to be outside. Uh, We're going to be meeting uh, behind the worship center uh, next to the field. We'll have the stage set up. We won't be parked in cars like we typically are uh, or like we did during parking lot service uh, back in March and April uh, of last year. We're going to uh, have you bring lawn chairs. We'll have some chairs set up, but bring lawn chairs uh, for yourself as well. Uh, and we will uh, we'll meet back there, and then we'll have dinner on the grounds afterwards. So visit our website for all those details. If you have any questions, feel free to call up the church or email. Uh, we'd love to, to have a discussion with you. So you guys have a blessed day, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening, and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, and Give and go.